Welcome to the Creative Career Solutions for Parents podcast. I'm your host, Gina Visram from LimitlessCoaching.com, and you are listening to the podcast for working parents. Now, it is my firm belief that whether you are working inside the home or outside of the home, and to be fair, at the time of recording, most people are working inside the home. But also, whether you are paid or unpaid, you absolutely are a working parent as long as you are involved with the raising of your children. So thank you so much for being here today. And I am ridiculously excited about today's episode because today I'm going to be chatting with Davinia Tomlinson of Raincheck fame. So before Dav joins us, I will tell you a little bit more about her and really just say this is an interview and a conversation that I have been looking forward to for the best part of a year, I think. So I'm really happy that we've managed to get together today. And Davinia is a marketing and business development expert with 15 plus years experience within the investment management and professional services industries. Her experience includes roles at Fidelity, PwC, and Octopus Investments. She has an executive MBA from CAS Business School and holds the Investment Management Certificate. She is now the founder of RainCheck, a business designed to empower women to achieve their financial goals and prepare for that rainy day. It's fairly arguable, actually, that at the time of recording this in April 2020, uh, we have reached one of those rainy days, and I'm sure there will be more. So at this time, I would like to welcome Davinia. Hey, Davinia, thank you for being here on the podcast. Hi, Gina. Thank you for having me. Such a lovely introduction. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. As I said, and you know it's no exaggeration because we have been talking about this <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> this has been something that I've been keen to do for ages and you've been very, very willing for a long time. So I'm glad that we've managed to get our diaries sorted and be chatting together today. Yeah, for sure. There's nothing like a crisis to focus the mind. So yeah, I'm very pleased to be having this conversation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So... Lots to talk about, Davinia, but let's definitely start by talking about RainCheck, which is something that I'm a member of and very proud to be, but I'm really, really keen for the person listening now to understand what RainCheck is and for you to also tell us why you started it, why you started this business and who do you serve? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, rain check, I always, whenever I'm asked to explain what rain check is all about, I always describe it as my third child. So I have two small children. I've got two daughters. Um, and I really conceived of the idea for rain check when I was on my second maternity leave. So, I mean, the germ of the idea for being an entrepreneur and build my own business, I think was planted very early on in my career. So probably right back when to right back when I started my first graduate job out of university and so I entered this world of finance investing and it's a world that I still love today um, largely for its transformational power I think when you know when the media and the public at large talk about money 
it's never within the context of what um, having access to money enables you to do. And so my desire to work in the industry was purely centered around that, how we could communicate with society at large as to how they could use money to achieve their, not just their financial goals, but their life goals in general. And really, if we fast forward to today, and we think about the, uh, the, the basis upon which RainCheck was founded, RainCheck, RainCheck's mission really is to help women take control of their financial futures. And so, you know, as I, I mentioned, I've got two daughters. I come from a very matriarchal Caribbean background within which I was exposed to women really managing household budgets. And that's not something that's unique just to my culture, I don't think or to my family, I think women through the ages have been responsible for running the household, managing money, making sure that whole villages and communities and society in general are upheld alongside in support of and at times leading men in this respect. And I think what I really wanted to do was to understand and unpick some of the reasons why in modern society, women seem to be lacking when it came to a our representation in terms of money being managed by these huge global financial institutions so even you know going back 15 years ago the picture wasn't isn't vastly different from what it is now in terms of how much money is being managed on behalf of female investors so that gender investing gap that existed was something that i wanted to explore and then there's a, a wider issue around women's confidence levels in general. And this is something that I think has been widely reported and documented in recent years as the idea of women and money has become, um, I guess, has been brought into sharper focus. I think our propensity to put our money into certain types of investments, for example, has been lacking as a result of our confidence levels, which I guess is linked to maybe our knowledge levels when it comes to the world of financial investing. And so RainCheck was really founded to help specifically address some of those challenges and concerns in recognition of the fact that women living longer than men, so there are very, very clear demographic indicators that point to the fact that despite living longer than, me, uh, than men, we are currently saving one fifth of the pension pot of the average man, for example. So when we retire at 65, research shows that we have a pension of somewhere in the region of 35,000 pounds, which is to last us the next 30 years of our lives. Um, men have a pension pot five times that size. And so already you can see that there's a problem that exists there with regard to the fact that women could easily end up in financial destitution or pension of poverty, um, which sounds like a really calamitous thing. And, and I guess, you know, thinking about it in such grand terms can, can actually feel off-putting and overwhelming. What RainCheck is designed to do is to provide some structure and some comfort around helping women to address some of these personal challenges by taking control of their money for themselves and understanding how they can build a solid foundation for themselves and their loved ones. Structure and comfort are a really lovely, really helpful way to look at all of that, I think, because you're right, on the face of it, it can feel quite overwhelming. And depending on either your personality type or what time of the day it is or, or what you're going through, you can either feel like going on a crusade about it and feel kind of really gung ho. And so, you know, let me manage my own finances, or it can make you just kind of want to retract into your shell, can't it? So when you talk about comfort and structure, 
as part of how Raincheck delivers what you do when it comes to investment and wellness. That's really useful. So thank you for for describing it in that way. That's hopefully really, really encouraging to to the people that the service is designed to reach. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I always discuss with Raincheck prospects and customers, and, and Gina, you will have heard this as a rainmaker yourself, um, is that Raincheck really exists. Of course, we're in the business of helping people manage their money more effectively and identify the best possible ways to invest for themselves for the future, um, whether it be, you know, obviously over the longer term, but also any short or medium term goals that they might have for themselves and their loved ones. So that's really our general premise. But of course, we recognize that for women, you know, and that there's very clear research that outlines this. When women are thinking about their money, they're not necessarily just thinking in absolute terms about how they can grow their money. Of course, that is a very important part of it. Nobody wants to have their money stagnating and not appreciating in value, particularly when we work so hard for it. But I think when women's motivations around money are actually more lifestyle and goal-based, so thinking, you know, what kind of life do I want to build for myself? It might be what kind of retirement do I want to have? It might be you know, I want to pursue different career options and possibilities. I want to start a family. So there are lots of different things that women might be thinking about. And it doesn't necessarily mean that men don't have the same ambitions. But I think when it comes to our thought patterns around pursuit of wealth, that is where there is probably some divergence between the sexes in terms of um, what our motivations are. And so for me, with Raincheck, it was thinking about, you know, obviously women in particular is a market that I obviously have a, a strong affinity with as a woman, as I said, coming from a matriarchal family and having two daughters, it was really important for me to make sure that there was exactly as you described, this structure and comfort that I could put in place um, to help women achieve their ambitions, but to think of it in the context of holistic well-being. And you know, you and I have talked about this, Gina. So, you know, holistic well-being is a thing that has come to the fore, you know, there's been a, a huge um, upsurge in people's interest in well-being in general and it's the kind of thing that even I myself have given side eye to in the past thinking you know why why is there so much interest in well-being is this just another fad but actually when women think about well-being the thing that I really want them to think about when it comes to money is that anything that could cause financial distress will have obviously an impact on your overall well-being and so Raincheck's mission is underpinned by this real desire to help people recognize the relationship between good financial wellness and your overall uh, well-being, whether it be emotional, spiritual, mental, and everything in between. So, I mean, this feels like a really, really important time, and we're going to certainly talk more about uh, women and finances and the specific needs there, because I'm so excited to dig into this topic today. But it feels like a really important time to give a bit of context about the current circumstance at the time of recording this podcast. So this will be a useful episode regardless of when you're listening to it. But so you know, this is being recorded in mid-April 2020. And at this time, it is certainly unprecedented. It's an unprecedented era, moment, snapshot of time in terms of 
health hardship, economic hardship, courtesy of the novel coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic, which isn't just something that we're dealing with here in the UK. It's, it's certainly the most global, the most unifying in a way, um, challenge I've certainly seen in my lifetime. And it has brought so much to a standstill. Now, of course, you know, I, in my, my disclaimer, whenever I mention COVID, and actually I should say it now, is I'm not a healthcare professional. So I'm, I'm all about listening to your government guidance. I'm all about listening to your intuition and doing what you need to do for yourselves and your family. So that is going to be the extent of the healthcare advice in terms of this um, healthcare pandemic. But what it has also affected is the economy and the economy wherever you are and certainly the global economy. So I wondered if we could just quickly talk about Dav and kind of get really real with each other here in a way that we're happy to share with the person listening. You know, when you think about COVID-19 and you think about the fact that at this time of recording, we're in lockdown, but, and, and also that we don't particularly know how things are going to look after this. Uh, what we do know is there will be an after. Uh, so that's certainly a, a good thing. But what would you say is something that is worrying you at this time, Davinia, and something that is bringing you joy? I think, um, why don't we start with the thing that's bringing me joy? So um, I think. So living in a city like London, which is vibrant, it's busy, we, I mean, at any time, um, in normal times, at any time you can almost tap in and out of this rich tapestry of various communities within which we live. And, you know, there's always something happening. You can really find and be whatever and whomever you choose in a city like this. Um, and so it's a real privilege and a real joy to live here um, for most, for the majority of the time. At this time, I think it's a city that can be quite isolating and quite hard. And one of the things that I think has been particularly uplifting for me is to see those kind of glimmers of hope, those pockets of um, real uh, togetherness where you've got small communities or even it might be your street or your your cul-de-sac or your block of apartments whatever it may be where people are really coming together and recognizing those people that might be vulnerable that live among them and it might be checking in on them to see if they're okay obviously at a distance because we are socially distancing now um it might be going to you know adding something to your grocery basket for somebody else who may not be able to get out and this is not just for people that are obviously vulnerable, so obviously the elderly or people that might be pregnant, for example, or people that have got known health concerns. But this might just be for people, it might be your neighbour that you know lives alone and her family are abroad and she can't get to see them. And of course, it would be a worrying time for her. What I've been seeing and, and something that I've been happy to participate in and um, to share the love from my home with others is that people seem to be much more willing to pull together at this time. 
And this is something that we can see globally. You know, if you tap into the right social media channels and the right media channels, there is this real wave of positivity and people really embracing the community aspect. So it's almost like, you know, someone described it as, um, of course, this is not something that I would be able to say that I have experienced personally, but um, it's been described as being like this kind of wartime spirit of togetherness and this real collegiate atmosphere. So that's a thing that really has helped to keep me uplifted because, as I say, London can be a very as vibrant and wonderful as it is it's also a very um it's quite easy for it to be isolating and cold and i imagine for those people that are experiencing that knowing that there are others out there that do care and do want to make sure that their their mental and emotional well-being remains intact through this period that's a really encouraging thing so that's the thing that's been giving me joy um as well as the fact that although it's driving me crazy having two small children at home during the day when I'm trying to do work, seeing the two girls bonding together, um, and, you know, they're bizarre with one another, but they fight like cat and dog when they're together. But the, the fact that they're spending so much time together means that their relationship and their bond is even more unbreakable. I didn't think that it could be stronger, but, you know, just witnessing that every day in the house and their togetherness, the fact that they can rely upon one another for entertainment, is really good but also comfort and a sense of security is a really lovely thing to see and I'm sure that this is something that parents are witnessing up and down the country so that's the thing that really makes me happy oh, I think on you. the um, in terms of, yeah. yeah in terms of something that you would say is worrying you yeah I mean obviously given the the nature of the business that I'm in so obviously um working in financial services there is obviously there's a broader macroeconomic concern which sometimes it, it, it can feel in my mind like trying to boil the ocean if you think too widely and too broadly about the scale of the economic aftermath of this um, pandemic then it can be so overwhelming that you just don't want to get out of bed so when I think of it on a more micro and a more local level I guess my worry is that people are being bombarded with and I don't want to say overly negative messages about, you know, stock market performance or about um, their lack of financial resilience. And, you know, there's, there's quite a, there are some really harmful messages that I have seen myself out on social media. Of course, you know, the media screams at us daily um, about all of the various ways that, you know, COVID-19 is impacting us negatively. And I think particularly when people think about their personal finance, there is, I have a real concern that in the aftermath of this, that people will become even more afraid of, you know, investing, for example. Um, I worry that people will become um, much less open to discussing money because we'll, we will be in, you know, financial resilience is, is not just the order of the day. For some people, it's just survival because they don't have the luxury of being able to eat seamlessly transition from working in an office to suddenly working from home and being paid the same as they were before so any good behaviors that they might have started to establish around their money for example whether that be starting a regular saving account or thinking about a pension things like this that they may have decided to halt for the right reasons because right now it's all about making sure that you can preserve your family's um, daily lives but you know over the short term might I, I have a concern that some of those behaviors new behaviors now will become entrenched 
And so if you've stopped your regular savings account, for example, that you will find it difficult to resume those habits when we move to, I mean, who knows when normality will resume in its entirety, but as we move closer to normality, will people have retrenched so far that they will struggle to get back into some of those good money mindsets and, and behaviors that they'd started to establish before? So I think at, at, from my perspective, and it's not even just about making sure that Raincheck survives as a business and, and you know, Raincheck's resilience. Of course, that is a concern, but more broadly than that, it's thinking about society in general when it comes to thinking about later life and planning for retirement or planning for some of the other ambitions that they might have had, whether people will start to adopt a much more conservative approach than they had done before, and conservative with a small c, um, and just be much more risk averse when it comes to their money than they ever had done before. Thank you so much for talking those points through Davinia because that was one of the things I think it's a it's a huge elephant in the room if we didn't address some of the very real um, issues and challenges and opportunities potentially um, around uh, this current time and, and lockdown and, and all things COVID-19. So yeah i've i've found moments of joy and delight and moments of just despair <laughs> as yeah. well it's really, it's really important to address it i mean i was i i mentioned this on my um previous episode of the podcast like just just as the uk was officially going into lockdown so i'm about a week behind many people in the UK uh, in terms of um, isolation and being in lockdown because I work in a school as uh, okay. my day job. So schools were, were kind of open uh, for a little bit longer. Like I've got a lot of friends who are in the financial industries and, and that sort of thing who were home about a week before I was. But very, very early in, I found myself like just bursting into tears on a day when my husband and I hadn't communicated about the time when we wanted to go to the supermarket. <laughs> and I can laugh at myself yeah. now. It really, it was at that point that I realized how much, even though I wasn't articulating it, all of these kind of fears and concerns and empty shelves and all of this stuff, like it had seeped into my mind. It had seeped into yeah. my consciousness. And I just had like, a little meltdown and needed to take myself for a walk and not have my daughter my four-year-old daughter see me in bits over you know literally to literally like going to the supermarket <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's so real and it's amazing how it creeps upon you as well when you're thinking i'm fine like i've been full disclosure i've been manically exercising so i'm somebody that that's high energy anyway so in a situation like this if you imagine putting I don't even know. It's like, you know, when you go into the station and you see those pigeons that have been trapped in the station and they're desperately trying to get out and they're just flapping around wildly. <laughs> I'm a pigeon right now because I, and of course, you know, it's not like we're in jail and I'm very mindful of the messages that I give myself about this condition. Because as we, you know, we've discussed before, we are in such a privileged position, many of us, I mean, and, and hopefully many of the um, many of the listeners will be as well in the sense of having you know a warm safe space um, and space is really important you know just having space generally um, with our loved ones and an ability even you know however 
minimal a time we have to go outside. We can go outside. We can go outside and get fresh air. But I had really started to tell myself all of these things, and particularly, you know, when the gym closed, and I was like, oh my God, but the gym is my thing because that the gym is my therapy for all of the things, you know, various challenges that I've had over the last two years, three years, I will always exercise. And so when that was taken away, I was like, oh my gosh, well, what am I going to do? So then I started to manically exercise in the house. And even now I find myself, sometimes the girls will be fighting in a corner and I'll just roll out my yoga mat and I'll just put on YouTube, like, like <laughs> as though it's not happening. And just do, you know, do some stretches because this is my coping mechanism. That's like it's self-preservation on every possible level, isn't it? I mean, apart yeah. from the fact that, of course, it's, you know, building your immunity and your strength, and which is important at the best of times, but certainly now. But yeah, yeah also just, yeah, the wellness piece and knowing that the girls are safe and well, they're fine. If they're bickering in the corner, it's okay. <laughs> involved. <laughs> we can't get involved. I'm like... Yeah, I've become a real kind of pick your battles kind of person. Yep. I will admit, and again, this is in full disclosure, as I would be with you, Davinia, and my audience here, part of my four-year-old homeschooling, this wasn't a deliberate part of our quote-unquote curriculum, but <laughs> she knows how to find her way onto a Netflix account and find her favorite program. Yes. With the remote control. Oh, amen. Yes, as is the iPad. You know, these small salvations that we have. I'm all for like, that. All the kind of screen time guidelines are out the window at the minute. And it's not, <laughs> you know, and there are having, there are moments where I'm like, am I abdicating my parental responsibility? Then I'm like, you know, the other side of me reminds myself, one, mum or parents shaming ourselves is never useful at any time, much less at this no. time. But two, you know, for for families, for individuals, for for everybody, it's really important that for those of us who um, are fortunate enough, I guess I should say, or in a position where we are still working in our industry, you do also need to be getting some work done. Like businesses do not have endless pots of money. And we know that now we're being reminded of this now. But yeah. it's really important that you're you know that you've got some really good solid output and you're you're doing work that you're proud of and I don't mean by kind of comparison to how it would be when you're in your office but in terms of yeah. knowing that you're kind of doing really good work and you're delivering and you you're producing a product and an output that your employer is happy to pay you for that's really important for us yes. as well and so you know, if I don't read an extra book to my daughter, because of course being four, you know, she's not at the stage where she's reading to herself or whatever, and she has a couple extra episodes of watching Fuller House on Netflix, like, <laughs> I'm okay with that. We're okay. <laughs> Sometimes I insist on Sesame Street, though. You've got to have some Elmo in your life, I feel, in terms of the home educating sphere for a little one. But yeah, it's just, it's a perspective thing, isn't it? Um, it is perspective and it's about I think you know I mean we're probably going off on a tangent with this point but I, I really think that it's important that people in the context of thinking about their productivity at this time and this is a thing that you know people will notice that if you follow me on Instagram or follow Raincheck on Instagram you'll notice that the tone and the mood is not so much about and of course yes you know we've done some talks 
with various experts on financial resilience and other aspects of well-being in general at this time because it's important that I'm able to reach out to the community and connect with them in a way that nourishes them and nurtures them and doesn't panic them. It's really important that the, the Rainmaker community feel calm, whatever the circumstances, because I think that, that sense of mental chaos in the midst of chaos in general, it's just disruptive and it's not helpful for anyone, particularly when we're in these confined spaces and that, you know, we can't move around in the way that we might have otherwise to seek wellness in other ways. So we're going to have to be resourceful with our space and with our time. And that means we've got to protect our energy and protect our minds more so than ever before. And that comes on to the point of productivity, which is exactly what you were saying just now. Thinking about being on this endless treadmill of just churning things out is just, I don't think that's a helpful, this idea of this hustle mentality, this hustle culture that we have unwittingly stepped into. That's not helpful right now either. And I would hope that one of the, the positive outcomes, uh, you know, in post-pandemic times will be that people will start to reflect on how they're using their time and how they're interacting and what they are producing and who it's intended to be of value to. Because one of the, the many, um, I guess one of the many blessings that I feel with, with regard to Raincheck is that because I feel I have such conviction in what we're trying to deliver to women and I'm very clear on who the audience is and how it will help these women at this time when you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people pivoting their business models rightly because you know for business resilience sake we've got to think about how if you if you had a face-to-face -face model how can you turn that into a digital model now for example so there are lots of really interesting and creative ways that people are um you know rethinking and repositioning their businesses All yeah wonderful. amazing to see isn't it yeah it's lovely but when it comes to people opportunistically jumping on every bandwagon and panicking their audiences whether it be those people that have followed them for a really long time or people who just randomly happen upon their accounts and find themselves being screamed at with all of these messages about whether it be about their money or about their productivity and about how they need to make sure that they're deliberate they're firing on all cylinders at all times and that they shouldn't come out of this pandemic without having learned the language and baked all these cakes and you know delivered a load of things without necessarily thinking about the contribution it might make to their personal purpose and everybody's personal purpose is different so i really think it's important that we reflect on how we're communicating so as, as business leaders or as leaders in 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 the businesses that we're employed by that we think about how we're interacting and, and the messages that we're pushing out there i really think that that's an important thing to say um, as well as our own personal productivity. So exactly as you say, we want to deliver quality outputs, but not feel like we've just got to keep churning and churning to no end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've probably touched on this a little bit, but because it's quite nice to to break it down nice and clearly, Davinia, I was wondering if you would share three top tips that you would give people at this time in the context of a global pandemic. And also maybe touch on anything, any top tips that you might give generally, if you feel like that would be a, a tip for another time. So these mm -hmm. might be things that we've started touching on a bit and can summarize. But yeah, I thought that our, our listeners listening to this would really appreciate what are three top tips for people at this time. Okay, 
so one of the things that I always say when I run workshops is it's really important for people to understand the financial statements of their lives so you don't need to be an accountant to to know about this at all um, but of course everybody will be familiar with or at least have heard of um, your cash flow statement your profit and loss statement and your balance sheet so at this time in the midst of in, in fact in the midst of any kind of financial chaos it's really important that you understand your cash flow um, and so all the money that's coming in all the money that's going out and right now given that we're in this kind of enforced lockdown and obviously it's a temporary state but it's a really good opportunity for you to slash your expenses so slash all of the money that's flowing out of your account each month and lots of these things will naturally have just fallen away so as i say my gym membership obviously i'm not paying that subscription anymore for some people, there are childcare expenses because now we are all of the childcare by ourselves. Um, and so, you know, whether it be, I don't know about uh, school fees, um, but certainly my, my second daughter's nursery fees have stopped. So that's another one. Um, there are lots of subscriptions. So I think, in fact, even when we're not in a, you know, we're not in a financially distressed situation, just understanding your um, your expenses in general is a really important exercise. Whether you do that monthly or weekly, however you do it, it's really important that you have a set time when you review your, your outgoings, because quite often there are those insidious subscriptions that creep in without you knowing, or you might have signed up for a trial and then you forgot to cancel the trial. And I hold my hands up, this has happened to me very recently. So I am somebody that always, you know, periodically, once a quarter, twice a year, I will, I will check in with my credit score. Um, and you know i'll always sign up for like a free thing because i know i'm only just i'm only just checking in with it i don't expect there to be anything untoward on there and therefore it's not something that i need to look at every single month um but i've signed up for these things in the past and just recently realized i was paying 15 pounds a month to one of them for a year and had no idea that money was going out of my account each month so i was able to get in contact with them and get a refund for that amount but that's one example of subscriptions that can just creep up on you without you even knowing so i think at this time so easily done isn't it so easy yeah something that we can all be doing going sure. through our bank statements for the last however many months and anything on there that you just don't quite understand what it is chances are it could be a subscription yes. or something like that but just, so true yeah don't just kind of skim through it like we do in normal busy times like take the time and really just kind of look at it and figure out what it is and whether it's something that really needs to be that, that whether it's something you're really using yeah another example from my my personal account right now and this is really going to sound like first world problems but i have been unable to get an avocado delivery for weeks um i have i'm somebody that has one of their smart pass subscriptions so again that was an expense that i've now hacked until such time as i can you know some kind of normality resumes and then i can get my, my groceries delivered to me so uh, you know thinking about just just anything like that that you can cut down and then actually it it's gratifying in a way to to kind of tot up in your spreadsheet or however you do it how much you've saved and then think about whether that money which comes on to the second tip whether that money can just seamlessly move into your rainy day fund however small the amount is so for example my cardo smart pass thing i think it's like a tenner a month so it's really easy to just go okay i'm not even going to think about it but that tenner a month can now just go into a rainy day fund building up your rainy day fund and you know of course the name rain check is really based around that it's banking your checks for a rainy day we're in that rainy day now and for those of us that were fortunate enough to have a rainy day pot or an emergency savings pot put aside 
um, if obviously you need to dip into it now, then you know you should feel good about having built up some reserves. If you didn't have that, this is not you know it's not an opportunity to beat yourself up over it. But thinking about whether you know post pandemic that's something that you might like to prioritize. So that's the second tip. And then the third one I would say is taking a long term view. So this is a thing that I always advocate when it comes to investing because I think you know there's lots of people who who have there are so many prevailing misconceptions about investing and i think one of them is that um you know you invest your money into stocks and shares and it's really racy and exciting and then within a month you've you've become a, a millionaire or you know you, you've transformed you've transformed um your you know you might have put in 50 quid and suddenly it's become fifty thousand pounds in a year or whatever it might be there are so many misconceptions about investing so one of the things that i always say to people is investing generally should be considered over the long term it's not something unless you've got unless you were thinking it about it in a, a gambling way which i don't think anybody should and i would say that that really that attitude should only be should be confined to those people that have really got millions and millions of pounds to play with um and therefore can take you know one percent of their money to say oh, i'm just gonna you know when you hear this expression i'm gonna take a punt so people yeah. are just you know and therefore it's money that they can afford to lose I think for the rain check audience and women in particular, when you're thinking about um, investing or saving towards a specific goal, and therefore you've got, you know, your heart might be invested in it. It's really important to think about it over the long term. So if, for example, you were making pension contributions at this time, if you were still fortunate enough to be able to work from home, you're still getting a regular income, don't opt out of your pension on the basis that you need to preserve cash at this time. I would continue to invest into your pension, continue to put money into your regular savings account for as long as you possibly can. So I cannot stress that enough because I really think it's important that people think about building up their cash over the long term and not necessarily on a short term basis. So the short term is just for your emergency saving fund. So they would be my, my three top tips. I think the only thing that I would do differently in a post pandemic world is to, you know, at this time, if you are somebody that hasn't invested in the stock market for example and the reason we always talk about stock market investing is because you have you know over the long term and again we're talking you know 5 10 15 20 year period stock market investing is virtually guaranteed to outperform cash saving over the long term um and so it's really important if you're thinking about you know as we were talking about pension you know your retirement saving or even just just saving for, for later life in general. It doesn't have to be for your pension. It might be in 10 years' time you want a complete career change or you know, you've got other aspirations for yourself. Putting your money into cash, as many people now know, is not necessarily going to get you there unless you're, you're putting in huge amounts. But ultimately, your money will work harder for you if you're putting it into investment vehicles like stocks and shares. And I think post-pandemic if it's not something that you're doing now maybe now isn't the best time to suddenly start going well where should i which which investments might be the best for me at this time unless you're a more seasoned investor or you have a higher degree of confidence but post-pandemic if you've been stockpiling your cash and funneling the money away from all of those expenses that have now been slashed so you stockpile your cash until such time as the market stabilize and then you can start to have conversations about investing in it might be three months time it might be six months time but at, at least your mindset will be attuned to the fact that that might be an option for your money in um 
a few months time. And I think that that sort of research about investing and, and digging into it and certainly becoming more informed, you know, at, at this time, or certainly, in, and each individual knows that they're at this point, I think once we have reached a point of acceptance about what's going on in the world at the moment, and acceptance doesn't mean understanding, because I think there's, there's a lot that's really, really confusing, and we don't know, you know, as you said, Davinia, what the, the kind of post-pandemic uh, kind of world will look like. You know, we don't know exactly... Um, when things are going to go back to quote unquote quote normal and all of that but once we're in a position where we have accepted what's going on then we're in a much better position to really tap into and listen to these really important tips that you're giving Davinia so for example you know talking about knowing your financial statement understanding your what's coming in what's going out you know this will be a time and anybody who's a regular listener you i'm sure you would have heard me say this already um but to be ridiculously clear 2017 me wouldn't be able to tell you about my income and outgoings with any clarity like i really wouldn't i was kind of just truly riding a wave of you know, living paycheck to paycheck and, and doing all of that stuff, which I think is really, really the case for, for many people even now. And I feel very grateful that I found some podcasts and, and, you know, I found some podcasts and some personal finance experts, which really, really helped me find a system in terms of understanding my finances having a program in terms of you know how to get rid of debt how to start saving and the times to start doing this so for me my my favorite person to listen to about all of this is dave ramsey who mm -hmm. is huge in the states uh kind of far less known here in the uk and you know can be seen as somewhat of a fairly kind of abrasive straight down the line character <laughs> but for me, I mean, he would probably describe me as somebody who's been a bit Dave-ish, but hearing an actual structure, and for him it's all about, you know, seven certain baby steps of things that happen at certain times, it really, really helped me find a structure of how to become clearer about my finances. And so, you know, when it comes to what Davinia is saying with these sort of with all of these top tips, I have to say that I'm somebody who I feel very lucky to be in a position where, you know, I, I, am, a, I am a rainmaker. I, you know, listen to what Davinia puts out there. I've been listening to Dave Ramsey. I've been listening to, there's a podcast called Journey to Financial Independence. There's another one called Clever Girl Finance. Um, mm -hmm. by a Nigerian American woman called Bola, who's great. There are so many things out there, Barefoot Investor, this, that, and the other, for you to really be able to, to tap into and challenge yourself and go out of your comfort zone to do something a little bit different. And as Davinia said, this isn't about beating yourself up if you feel like you literally live paycheck to paycheck right now. That was me up until very recently. 
I am in my late 30s. I'm not like a mid-20s, somebody who, <laughs> who hasn't quite gotten it all together. So if that is you, if you are, you know, me of two or three years ago, and this pandemic has really kind of shone a light on the fact that you haven't been paying attention, don't beat yourself up about it. Mm -hmm. Once you have sorted yourself out mentally, you know where your food is coming from, you know that you've either, you know, you know that you can still cover your mortgage or your rent, or if you can't at the moment, you're making sure that you are speaking to people and communicating and sorting out your mortgage holiday and doing all of that stuff. Once you've done all of those things that can give you a sense of security, um, as much as there can be that right now, then you can really take some of these steps. But a really, really important bit in finding any kind of security right now is doing exactly what Davinia has just talked about, which is really taking a close look at mm -hmm. your finances. Because I certainly believe that you're, you're not going to necessarily come across a moment of feeling any kind of peace or any kind of security if you're constantly worried about whether you're able to cover all of your expenses. So it's much better to look at it and mm. figure it out and know the numbers and know what you're dealing with and then you can find solutions. It's so much more powerful to tackle it head on than to be really worried about it, which of course is fair enough, um, but not then do anything about it. Because you might be in a position where you're wondering, how are people learning Mandarin right now? <laughs> how are people kind of tuning into all of these new online fitness gurus who've popped up? And, you know, how are people doing all of these other things? How do they have the bandwidth for it? And while it's not about comparing yourself in any way, but it is about recognizing that once you sort out your, your kind of four walls of knowing that you have what you need in terms of your, your dwelling, your shelter, that you have what you need in terms of buying food and all of that sort of stuff, then you have a little bit more bandwidth. So please don't think that these are tips for normal times. These are are tips that are really important for right now. And thank you so much, Dad, for sharing those. Oh yeah, no, it's my pleasure. I, I mean, I everything that you have just shared really resonates because I think, and it's funny that I think working in this industry can have people believe that you're some kind of financial superhero or as though you've always had all of your ducks in a row and everything's always been aligned from day one and you've been investing from day one. When actually for, for me, I mean, of course, you know, I speak from a potentially a position of privilege compared to the general population or the population of people that maybe don't work in this industry where you might be exposed to things every single day and all of the different opportunities that exist. Um, but that said, still the same feeling of, um, I don't know, paranoia, fear, worry about, you know, should I put my money into stock market investing? Because, you know, I haven't grown up in a family in which people invest money in that way. I grew up in a family in which our investments were land or property, because this is very much the Caribbean person's story. This is the thing that we um, replace all of our faith and, and reliance in tangible assets. The idea of stock market investing wasn't necessarily something that was really familiar to me. So 
I think that people shouldn't necessarily assume that other people of a certain age are doing the thing, doing certain things and that, that they should be doing it too and that they're behind. Because actually what you tend to find is that nobody is any better or worse than anyone else. We're all just trying to figure it out right now. Yeah, absolutely. And this is actually really a time where you might notice, and and this is the, the kind of funny thing in terms of how things look on the face of it. And, you know, people who drive really nice cars and people who do all of that. And those are, you know, really exciting things when you're in that position. But at this time, some people might be noticing for the first time, okay, so I didn't actually pay cash for that. This is on a payment, right? Exactly. Like this is on, this is one of the payments. So like Davinia and I have been talking about subscriptions, but you know, for many people, and this may or may not be the case for you, you know, you've got kind of these monthly payments and they might be large payments because there are things that weren't paid for up front, mm-hmm. right? So these are the really, really kind of useful things to recognize when you've got the bandwidth to do so because you're then in a position to, you know, work out when things get, when, when your finances are kind of making sense again and, and all of that and they may already be, so that's great too. I know lots of businesses are kind of pivoting and some businesses are making even more money while serving more people in a positive way which is great um but yeah these are things that you can really notice now and then make some decisions about when you know after I might want to do this differently I might want to pay this thing off even faster because I'd feel even more secure if I didn't have all of these extra payments for example so exactly yeah it's a it's a really nice opportunity for us to kind of hold a mirror up and so dav i would say for you know for the listener who doesn't know where to start and you know everybody's got a a, a different financial situation of course um but for anybody who either feels like they're not great with money or they're frightened about investing what would you what would you tell them now i think to be honest i I feel like it's just a follow-on from what we've just discussed which is now is a really good time ultimately with everything you know our our approach to our attitude in general is the one thing that we can control right in every situation however diabolical the situation our attitude or our uh, the way we view it is the one thing that that was is within our gift and so i think at this time you know, and I have a lot of sympathy and a lot of time for them. And I speak to people all the time about tactical things that they might do to feel better about their finances um, and to recognize those things that they can control versus the things that are completely beyond anybody's control, even seemingly the UK government and global leaders in general. Um, And on that basis, we need to recognize the contribution we can make within our homes and within our communities in general, you know, recognizing the micro steps that we can take to improve things. So starting with that, our finances, the first step really is just that awareness. And I think, you know, you, you described 2017 Gina, um, li- you know, living paycheck to paycheck or whatever the, the situation may have been. Absolutely. Part of it is we, we do this thing where we look away. If something's really awful, we look away. It's a bit like me and my manic exercising because I'm like, I'm not watching the news because it stresses me out. So I look away and I decide, and for, and for the first two weeks, 
I wasn't watching the news at all. In fact, I think when Boris went into hospital um, in the UK, I didn't find out until the next day when every, you know, I was on a call and someone was like, oh my God, I can't believe what's happened. It's awful. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yes, it is awful. And, you know, they revealed it to me because I decided to adopt this kind of burying my head in the sand strategy, yeah. which can only work for like a few days. or Like this is not a long, it's not a strategy at all. Um, so I would say that your start point has to be however good your finances are you need to understand your current situation and so one of the exercises again that I do when I run workshops is kind of getting people to understand their net worth and when I run these exercises sometimes people laugh because they'll say what are you talking about I have no net worth and I'm like well everyone has net worth I think the problem is people associate net worth in their minds with high net worth so they associate it with like Russian oligarchs or you know <laughs> really, you know the real um, power, Richard Branson or Bill Gates or whatever so this is not about net worth is, doesn't necessarily just mean high it means where are you as at today what if you if you subtract all of your liabilities from your, your assets so your assets might be you know any savings or investments that you currently have your home any jewelry whatever assets you've got from all of the debt that you might have um, and just see where you are as at today and do a similar exercise with your cash flow so on a more you know, on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, what is all the money that comes in from your day job, your side hustles, any property you've got that generates a rental income, anything at all, what is all of, all of your income streams? And then what are all of your expenses and understand your cash flow position? Are you up? Is your net cash positive each month or are you in debt each month? Look at all of your different positions and just understand and arrive at a number that helps you to benchmark your, your progress from today. So you might, you know, you might use a, an Excel spreadsheet. There are various tracking apps. Lots of people have got Monzo accounts, for example, or um, you might use Plum. I don't know whether you've come across Plum, but Plum is another one in the UK to help you track um, your expenses. And it will, it will let you know at the end of every month whether your, your cash is up or whether your, your cash is down. Um, you know, are you in debt or are you in surplus? I think it's really important that everybody understands their, their financial situation because that's the only way, even if you're somebody that, that's on a high salary, you can still find yourself in chaos because you just don't understand your, your financial position. So that yeah, is the absolutely. point at which I would start. Especially because there is, you know, you can really, as your salary goes up, your lifestyle creeps up as well. Yeah, so yeah lifestyle creep is a real thing. Yeah, lifestyle really creep is a real thing. So higher salaries, I know they're, they're wonderful, of course, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're more in control. Absolutely. You know, I read a great meme about that just today. It made me laugh, but it basically said, if you, so you could be earning a million pounds a year or 10,000 pounds a year, but if you didn't understand and learn how to, how to manage your money at 10,000 pounds a year, you're not going to understand how to manage it at a million pounds a year because you didn't, the basic tenets of good financial management were not put in place at any stage in your journey so it's really important that you have the right foundation so understanding your financial position is really important and then there are various frameworks that you can put in place to help you kind of categorize how you should allocate your money and various people have different rules of thumb there is one that i like just because it's an easy way to help people frame their thinking around how they should be funneling their money away and it's called 50 30 20 i don't know whether you've come across this one um but i, I think so it was popularized, I think it's, been, it's become popular in the last um, three years, I would say. And essentially all it does is help you to, to frame where different 
pockets of your cash should be allocated. So if you take your post, your post tax income and you allocate 50% of it to all of your needs, so that will be your groceries, your utilities, travel, all of the, everything that is required to keep for your daily upkeep for you and your family. 30% of it is allocated to your wants. So that might be your, your subscriptions, for example, your gym membership, your beauty treatments, um, the things that you like to do, going out to, to restaurants, you're, you know, traveling abroad, all of these sorts of things. 30% of your income should be allocated there. And then 20% of your post-tax income should be allocated to savings and investments. So if these things are set up, so the 20% should just be a direct debit each month. You don't even think about it. You don't have an opportunity to dip into it and to say, oh, well, this month I'll just do 10% or next month I'll do 15%. No, it's just 20% each month. It might go to your pension. It might go to your stocks and shares ISA. Whatever, wherever it goes, it's just allocated. And it just means that you you never need to feel the guilt because this, this is another thing that I try to get rainmakers to avoid because you know money is really a large part of it is the behaviors and the mindset around it and once you've got the right mindset in place then everything else kind of follows the right actions will naturally follow and I think if you feel that you're in privation mode so oh gosh I really can't I really can't go to that restaurant because I'm supposed to be saving or I really wanted to get my nails done but I can't do it because I'm saving. Suddenly you start to resent the saving. Saving becomes the thing that you're like, well, this is now depriving me of doing the things that I really want to do with my life. And ultimately, life, like it's, it's meant to be a journey that we enjoy. Yes, there are, there are points in our lives where we have to go, I've got to defer gratification right now because I genuinely can't afford it. But the reason I can't afford it is because I'm building towards this bigger and more exciting thing. And as a result, I'm happy to take the short-term pain because I know in the next year or however long, I'm going to get the house or I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to move to my dream location or whatever it might be. But it's really important that you have something that's allocated to, to life's pleasures, you know, like an every, everybody has different pleasures in life and that you'll know what they are. But you put 30 percent of your money there and you don't think about you don't and you don't think of it as wasteful or that you're squandering it because you also know you've got your 20 percent that's going somewhere else it's going towards your longer term financial future and that's your savings and investments and of course we can get into the detail around where should the savings and investments be allocated and that's a broader conversation but ultimately i think that 50 30 20 is a really nice way to help you frame your thinking and it's a thing that anybody can do um, as long as you are tracking you're doing the, the groundwork around tracking your cash flow um, and making sure that you, you're clear on your financial statements for your personal I life. I really like that. I'd not come across that one, but it really, yeah. It's it a great works. one for getting started. Yeah. No, thank you so much for sharing that. And actually, you know, but before we finish off, I do want to say that, um, and this is something I never thought, <laughs> this is something I never thought I'd say. This is definitely not something that 2017 Gina ever thought she would say. But, <laughs> What what I have found in, you know, my, my kind of three years of on and off, more on than off, but on and off being really kind of quite disciplined and quite focused and quite purposeful about looking at my finances, uh, in many cases, fixing <laughs> um, my finances and really kind of getting to know what's going on is that um, like with anything else, the the unknown is more scary than the known mm -hmm. so 
even if you're thinking about this and you're thinking about what Dufinia said about net worth and, and it is very important to understand your net worth, even if it is a minus net worth, which it can be for anybody who has big student loans or anything like that, it's incredibly helpful to know what it is, to know what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And even if you kind of shock yourself when you initially kind of look at the numbers, and this is kind of especially maybe for, um, well, it could be for anybody, but I know certainly for listeners in the US or anything like that, I mean, those student loans are just kind of next level in that part of the world. So sometimes when you tot up all of these numbers and you look at it, it is frightening. But I just want to assure you that once you kind of come to terms with what you're dealing with, it is far less frightening than when you don't know. And, you know, the other thing which really surprised me actually is, so I started budgeting, I budget in a zero-based way. So what that means kind of for me is that I know how much money is due to be coming in every month and I spend all of that money on paper at the beginning of the month. I generally do this. I can't claim that I do it every month, but generally that is my process. And, you know, previous to finding this process, which really worked for me, and I can talk about zero-based budgeting on, a, on another podcast and actually really go into what it is. But the point that I wanted to make is, I had previously thought of the idea of budgeting as being something that was very limiting. And as um, Davinia was kind of mentioning there, something that, you know, how you might feel quite resentful towards saving. Like I felt quite resentful towards the idea of budgeting. I can't entirely articulate why <laughs> it is that I felt that way, but it is something that, that I thought before I found this, this kind of method of zero-based budgeting. Whereas now, and this has been my biggest surprise, is it's so freeing for me. Like it, it, it is probably one of the most liberating things that I've kind of done financially. And that's because it's an active decision. And so, you know, whether it is that thing of going to a restaurant or getting takeout or, or whatever the case might be, like it's, it's purposeful it's there, it's a decision. I know what I'm doing and if I need to tweak it in the month or, you know, this is something that I do in conjunction with my husband because we look at our fin finances together. We make tweaks that we need to make or, you know, our, our daughter wants like a frozen bicycle at the moment and I'm telling her that, you know, you need to save for it. And so we've got a kind of visual on the fridge and she can see how much we're saving for it every month. And that's really just so she doesn't keep thinking that there's an immediate gratification <laughs> to, <laughs> to everything that she might want. But, you know, in thinking about all of this, yeah, I, I would just really like to assure you that budgeting, when it comes to, when you look at it as being purposeful about what you're doing with your money, can be incredibly liberating. And, if somebody had told 2017 Gina that, I probably would have, you know, not meanly, but I probably would have laughed with them, <laughs> them because I really didn't believe that that could be a thing. But now when I have a month where I haven't done it for whatever reason and the month gets away from me, then I'm a bit like, am I over? Am I under? What am I doing? Am I overspending? And it feels a little bit like I'm kind of doing doggy paddle or something. Like I, I don't entirely know what's going on. 
Whereas when I'm more purposeful about it, I feel great about spending what I want to spend on or whether it's personal development or whether it's shopping, whether it's food shopping, whether it's travel, because, because it's purposeful and because it's known. So yeah, please don't see your kind of finances as this kind of big scary thing. Once you look at it and you address it and you look at it in the eye and you, you know, listen to these tips that Davinia has been talking about today, you really can do what you need to do. And it's so much better than just, yeah, than not knowing. I love that, Gina, because actually, I mean, you're, you're almost like a walking, <laughs> a walking case study for like the rain check mission, which is about, you know, recognizing that the relationship between, as I was saying, financial well-being and all of the aspects of wellness. So, you know, your point about how great you feel when you do your budget, that's really, I mean, people don't realize how much how much they carry. I mean, of course, you know, you can feel at, at, at a, I guess, a conscious level oh, you know, I feel really stressed out, you know, I'm carrying this heavy load. Um, but you may not intrinsically or innately appreciate the fact that you not understanding what's happening with your money. Um, so you might go, oh gosh, I've got all these bills and I haven't got enough money to pay them. That's a source of stress. But I think, you know, we become so used to, society almost normalizes this idea of financial distress in some ways, or this idea that, yeah. you know, people constantly talking about, oh, you know, oh, you know, I'm totally broke. Or I'm, and, and this becomes a thing that because other people are saying it, then you feel less bad about your situation, that not recognising exactly the, the that impact. That's the thing, that the yeah. I'm so broke thing. Yeah, and just being like, oh, yeah. And, and other people say, yeah, me too. And then you just kind of drown your sorrows together, but not realising the impact that has on your, you know, on your spirit and, you know, your overall sense of well-being. So it's really, really important. I mean, you, you couldn't have encapsulated it better with how you feel about your budgeting. So that's really good. Thanks, Dav. So there are two more things that I want us to touch on uh, before we uh, bring this very fun conversation to an end. You see, it was it was worth waiting for, Davinia. I, I, thought, <laughs> it, I thought it would be. <laughs> um, but the, the, the two things are, uh, well, the, the final thing, and I want to mention it now so... Our listeners are assured that they're going to get your information. The final thing will be for you to share how people can follow RainCheck and what you're up to and what you offer. That's incredibly important. So we'll come to that right at the end. But the penultimate question I wanted to ask you is, Davinia, can you list any uh, financial resources, whether it's podcasts, whether it's books, or anything that people can um, check out and dip into so they can uh, start to look at how they might want to um, look at different methods for managing their personal finances and potentially finding out more about investing as well. Yeah, so I really like um, Dave Ramsey, um, similar to you. So I'm a fan of the no-nonsense approach. So it may not, sometimes these things don't suit everyone, but I like, I if you follow... <laughs> I love Some it people, I get yeah. a cousin and I'm like, and he's like talking directly <laughs> to me and I'm just like, oh man, this is so true. Some people need that tough love and I think, you know, his Instagram in particular, I really like because, I mean, in, the, in that very American way, which I'm a fan of, I have to say, this cheerleadery way where they are happy to kind of showcase their journey and say, this is where I was and this is where I am today as a result of following this program. Yeah. So if you follow, check out Dave Ramsey's Instagram feed, I mean, he drops kind of daily knowledge bombs and then there are the case studies of people that have followed his program successfully 
Um, so I think he's a good place to start and it's free. I also really like um, Etty Money's podcast. Um, the woman that hosts it, Claire Barrett, she is, again is another no-nonsense, really straight-talking woman, um, brilliant, but they will quite often tackle a topic specifically around women and money um, lots of the time, not always, so it's useful for people that you know, they're, they're not necessarily interested in women specific issues, but just their money in general. Um, so that's another free podcast that's useful to check out. Um, money 101 is another podcast. So it's run, it's a BBC one. Um, the lady's name is Kalpana Fitzpatrick, um, who's a personal finance editor for uh, Good Housekeeping magazine. I don't really read Good Housekeeping magazine, but Money 101 is a brilliant podcast um, and very relatable. So I always think that podcasts and things that you can easily access on social media are probably a good place to start in terms of books the one that I really really liked um, on investing and it's not so much about investing these different asset classes per se but it's more around your behaviors and mindset in general it's an oldie but a goodie but rich dad poor dad for anybody that hasn't read that again this is one of those books that I gave side eye to and someone recommended it to me about 10 years ago I'm and so I was like nodding at that one <laughs> Yeah, anything that said rich in the title, I was like, I'm not interested in get rich quick schemes. You know, I was took the moral high ground about it. But actually, it's just about mindset and your approach in your attitudes to money and wealth. And I think as women, for any of the women that are listening, um, one of the things that we inherently know generally, so it doesn't relate, it's not unique to us all, but one of the things that we know um, in general about women is that we have tended to shy away from the money conversation in the past, perhaps because we have been taught that it's vulgar or it's unbecoming of women to talk about money in that way. Um, and as a result, we, we find ourselves perhaps lacking knowledge or confidence in certain areas. So I think this book is a good one around the, the mindset and behaviors that you need to adopt in order to accumulate wealth and more importantly, to preserve your wealth. So that's a good one to check out. Um, and I think another one on mindset, final one, which I think you can download on your Kindle for, I think it's like 99p or 199. Um, it's a book written by Alexandra Holder. It's called Open Up. And it's about um, some of the things that inhibit us in talking about money. And it tackles everything from your approach to kind of saving and investing, but also just, you know, even asking for the money at work and negotiating a pay rise, which again are things that post pandemic, you know, we need to be thinking about how do we restore our finances to pre-pandemic levels? Um, and potentially it might be about, you know, making career moves as well. So Open Up, I think, is a really good book for anybody that has a Kindle. I would check it out on that edition because it's cheap. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. I'm into some of those and a number of them I hadn't heard of. So I'll definitely be checking out a few myself. But, yeah, on... Um, Pleased to hear you're also a Dave Ramsey person. Uh, <laughs> no, I have to say, actually, for if, you know, if anybody has come to the end of this podcast and still doesn't understand or, or, or doesn't feel some kind of conviction of, you know, holding a microscope up to finances and getting familiar with it and all of that, or, you know, if any of it still feels out of reach, I would say, you know, if you ever do look at the uh, look at the Dave Ramsey Instagram feed um, where mm -hmm. people are sharing their journey or uh, listen to the free podcast and they, they also have it on YouTube it's all the same same content but just kind of repurposed in different ways um, you you know the, the real stories 
the stories of people who have been in massive amounts of debt and you know kind of following a process and what they've done and and how they've gotten to um the other side is so inspirational so for for anybody who is you know is is a a non-believer <laughs> is a doubter um when it comes to what's possible that's that's really a, a great thing to look at um and then Davinia has shared uh lots of others there i would probably chuck in um most things by david buck i find quite useful so um smart women finish rich smart couples finish rich he's kind of repurposed uh, that in varying ways david buck i'm sure that's his name i think i've got that right um and his most recent one which is also available on audible is called the latte factor some of his stuff is really great and then i also mentioned uh kind of clever girl finance and those sorts of podcasts as well which can be really useful lovely so finally then davinia please tell us where you can be stalked on the interwebs <laughs> and, <laughs> and um yeah and how people can uh, like myself uh how um any women listening could uh become a rainmaker or find out even more about that and get more closely involved in your community yeah so i think the best place to follow us for kind of a bit of daily humour and the occasional financial fact is Instagram um, because I find it's, it's the place where people interact, interact the most um, with the content and you know, we're on there regularly, but also LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to connect on LinkedIn, um, feel free to do so. You can just, just obviously you can follow the Raincheck page, but also just, just connect with me, Davinia Tomlinson on there. Um, I'm always happy to connect with other women and, you know, have conversations. Um, many wonderful collaboration opportunities have happened as a result of LinkedIn. So I'm an increasing fan. Um, and I think Raincheck in general, just to summarise, I mean, ultimately, and I've, I've touched on it a few times during the course of this conversation, but Raincheck is really about helping women take control of their financial futures. Um, there are a number of different challenges that women face that are unique to us when it comes to our money journey um, which I, I can share or you will become familiar with if you are not already through following us on social media um, and signing up to the newsletter um, and as a result of that the rain check program it's an annual membership program that's designed to help women overcome some of these challenges um, in a really positive way but through a three pillar program that comprises of financial education in the form of audio and written content, and that will um, soon to become uh, a, a basically a monthly online um, coaching series as well. So that's something that's in the works. The second pillar is qualified and regulated financial advice. So all Raincheck customers receive two 90-minute sessions as part of their annual membership with a, a financial advisor. Um, this is, for many people, the difference that makes the difference. So having you know, improve your, your financial education level and, and feeling a sense of confidence and empowerment around your own personal knowledge about the different types of investment instruments or um, how you should kind of frame your own financial priorities for yourself. Speaking to a financial advisor who can kind of help crystallize your thoughts and help you build almost a financial um, vision board for your life, for, you know, for yourself and your loved ones is really powerful. Um, and there are many women who bring their partners along to those financial advice conversations. So this is not, 
it's not intended to be a cult um you know but <laughs> I always stress that because I think some people are like oh no you know am I allowed to am I allowed even to have a husband am I allowed to have a boyfriend <laughs> yes you are um and you should feel you know you should feel free to, to invite them along to those conversations they're delivered via zoom and this is the thing you know I laugh now that zoom is booming which is brilliant but it really goes to show that the power of using video technology to have conversations in a time and place that's convenient to you and that was always the premise of Raincheck. I really wanted financial advice to be accessible to women right across the country so we have customers everywhere in the UK and it means that they can sit down and have a conversation with someone who's qualified to offer them bespoke advice and information unique to their circumstances you're not required to buy anything or invest in anything as a result of those conversations it is purely designed to give you a very in-depth health check and some recommendations that you can then go away and think about um, and discuss and, and almost do your own research around um, to sense check them if you would like. And then the third part of the service are Rainmaker community events, which are, I mean, this year they were designed, we were going to go on a Rainmaker tour. So we had our first event um, in conjunction with our first birthday last November, which was in London. That was lovely. And that it's really an opportunity for us to bring together all the Rainmakers and their guests so we don't have any awkward kind of networking situations where you, you come into a room and you don't know anybody. So you bring your guest along, you have some drinks and nibbles, and you kind of meet with the other rainmakers and hear from a subject matter expert from the world of holistic well-being. And it's all designed to be completely, um, all parts of the membership are interdependent. So basically designed to enrich you in one way or another, but all focused on your overall financial and holistic well-being. So if you are interested in finding out more about that, then just visit the website, which is raincheck.com and book an appointment and we will have a chat. And rain check is spelt rain as you would think, R-A-I-N, and then it's C-H-Q. Q, right? Yes. Great. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, lovely. Well, Dav, I'll make sure that all of your uh, information is in the show description and all of that stuff, but really wanted to say thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be here and uh, hang out uh, with the um, Creative Career Solutions for Parents community. Um, it's so important to me that working parents feel like they have choices and nobody feels stuck. And so, you know, having uh, people like you, Davinia, who are, um, well, experts in multiple things, but yeah, are certainly kind of able to... <laughs> to talk to us uh, in your case about finances, that's, you know, that's one of the things that make people feel really stuck in their careers. You know, yes. if they feel like the financial piece can't come together, it's one of the things that make people feel really stuck and feel like they have less decision-making powers when it comes to what they want to do in their career. And I've noticed that so much more in the past couple of years. So. Yeah, I feel like kind of anything that I do within this career space, like it's really important to have a financial element to it. Because as much as I can show people how to create an awesome LinkedIn profile and write incredible cover letters and CVs and all of that stuff, which, which remains very important, understand about goal setting, is if anybody feels kind of restricted financially, then that can restrict their imagination in terms of what's possible so exactly. you have certainly been an integral part of 
um, of yeah, me, me, me bringing more of a financial footprint uh, to what I'm doing here. So thank you so much, lovely. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Well, you have been listening to the Creative Career Solutions for Parents podcast. Uh, we've been talking to Davinia Tomlinson today, and I am Gina Visram. Please, if you haven't yet subscribed, do head over to iTunes or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen and subscribe. And if you like what you've heard, I'd love it if you take a few minutes to leave a review. It will help people to find this content, uh, people who will also be finding it useful. And finally, I will be uh, sharing some links and starting some conversations over on the Limitless Coaching Facebook page. Uh, so do pop over there, share your thoughts, and that's the easiest way to get in touch with me as well as if you would like so thanks so much again and i will catch up with you soon on another episode of the creative career solutions for parents podcast